Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you on this Friday. And truly, we want to say thank you, Father God, that it is Friday. Amen. Shabbat Shalom is just ahead of us later on this evening. We get to rest for an entire day. Hallelujah. I hope you're looking forward to it as well. I have a lot to share with you today. And I thank God for those who are the early birds who always catch the worm, right? The meal, the good food up front and in the beginning. So let me just get right to the point and just share with you that if I did not share with you what I'm about to share with you, I would not be true to myself and I would not be true to my God, who I believe has revealed and unveiled certain things about this time in the history of the world. And Doing as much talking as we do and covering as much ground as we do practically every single day um, is easy to get into repetition, and it's easy to start looking for something new to say. But that is not really the calling just to find something new to say. And the repetition has a purpose to a point, but then you have to go back to things that have been laying dormant. And today I want to bring out one of those things that has been laying dormant. In just a moment, I'm going to show you a video that many, many years ago uh, inspired me in something that I have learned over the last 30 years. 
and I want to present it to you, and I want you to be the judge. I want you to get your cup of coffee. I want you to get your pad of paper. I want you to get a pencil or a pen. I want you to mark down what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be in the Word. We're going to be in the Scriptures. And yes, in the midst of this nuclear age that we are living in, where many people are becoming convinced that a nuclear holocaust is about to happen around the world, except for Joe Biden and his administration, um, many people are coming to a reality that this nuclear holocaust that has been unveiled and revealed to men and women of God throughout our generation, uh, it, was, it was shown to them many, many years ago. And you would think by now, if it weren't true, that it would have been fully avoided and impossible, but it's not impossible. In fact, it's more possible now for a nuclear war to commence today. I mean, it's just there's nothing holding anything back but the grace of God because men ultimately are not in control because all God has to do is put a thought in someone's heart to fulfill his will, and it will be done. Don't think for a moment that propaganda, news media, world leaders, global leaders have anything to do with the things that are coming on this earth. God has already foretold. God has already written and I'm talking about the living God, the one and only true God, the creator of heaven and earth, our Lord Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKadosh, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and pass the ammunition, right? So today I want to get into this video and this conversation. I'm waiting for a few people to join us on the air right now, hoping everything's coming through loud and clear. I want to check all my boards over here. It looks good. I'm also waiting for one of our friends from Texas, Shirley, to get on the air with us today. I want to make sure that we wish her a very, very happy birthday and that she is able to hear us. See Kevin Hauger's with us this morning on chat. Good morning, Pastor Vincent. I hope all is well and you can get some rest this weekend. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Um, but we're not. I'm not seeing where we need to be right now. So if you're there, say so. And if you're the redeemed of the Lord, say so. And um, I hope you're ready for this. I hope you're ready for this. This is going to be a shift in our thinking. This is going to be a shift. So uh, with that said, Shirley, as soon as I see you up there, I'm going to move forward. Uh, Guten Morgen, Pastor Vincent from Brother Phil. Guten Morgen to you. Ich trinke lieber not again. That's what I learned to get gummy bears in German class when I was in eighth grade, Phil. Ich trinke lieber not again. That got me at least two or three gummy bears. They were the best little candies. And I'm sure you know what a gummy bear is. Ich trinke lieber not again. I drink lemonade. Amen. Eins, drei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, och, nein. I learned a little bit. Hello, Jody Keene, all the way from Florida, Sarasota. God bless you and Richard. God bless Jody. Hello, Sean. Good morning to you and to family over in Decatur. Dictator. Charlotte Gotch is with us this morning. Hello, Pastor. Hello, Charlotte. God bless you. God bless your heart. Welcome to the broadcast this morning. Um, because I'm going to be playing a video, I'm trying to, uh, I'm just holding back a little bit. I want people to get involved. The video is going to basically bring us into the direction that we want to go in. And as I was saying just a moment ago, we do live at a potential time in the history of the world where something that was written long ago is about to be fulfilled. And so Pastor Melissa Fletcher is with us. Hello to Pastor Melissa and Chad, all the way from South Dakota. 
missing you guys. Trust you're doing very, very well. God bless you. How do you by the way, well, I'll, tell, I'll ask you that offline. And by the way, Terry, Terry, if you're out there, world of nobody, that was your, that's your handle here. Terry, yesterday you were in our neck of the woods, and I said, okay, give me a call. Or, and I never gave my number, and I'm so sorry about that. Um, next time you're in this neck of the woods, let me know, and I'll send you a chat at the very moment because I forget things as we keep flowing ahead. I want to say good morning to all of our new wine ministry family, wherever you are today. I'm so glad that you're tuned in and joined in. You probably have heard this conversation before, but I think this one will be a refreshing, and I think it's going to bring us to an awareness, and um, praise God, we miss you too. Love that. All right, well, it's time for a feast then. You know, I was thinking about the Feast of Passover, by the way, uh, April 14th to April 21st. Um, you know, immediately, because we're feast kind of people, not because we're under the Old Testament, we're not under the Mosaic Law at all. Um, we know that the Feast of the Lord existed before time. I mean, my goodness, even before the sun, moon, and stars, before the animals, before man was on the earth, God already had in mind on the fourth day of creation the Feast of the Lord. I mean, it's in Scripture. It's there. We've talked about it 100 times. We could do it 101 but the fact of the matter is the feasts that we celebrate are not external feasts in the sense of obligation uh, to do all these different things. They're all internalized. It's called intrinsic value. And so you take every one of the feasts of the Lord, like Passover, and you find the intrinsic value of what that feast was all about. It was about the lamb's blood being spilled for the deliverance and protection and salvation of a people kind of sounds familiar to you and I, doesn't it? The blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So when we gather together to celebrate the feast of Passover, Pesach, and then the feast of unleavened bread for seven days, and on the third day of the beginning of the feast, on the third day is the feast of first fruits, and we come together. Number one, it's a great reason for the saints of God to gather together to celebrate the Lord. And Passover is one of the most important feast in the economy of Israel for the agricultural blessing that they needed in their lives. And we talk about all of that, and we're looking forward to it. But then sometimes I wake up and I say, wow, Lord, that's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of work to get together and get people working on it and pulling people together and, you know, getting, you know, getting it all worked out. And Lord, I know that our salvation is not based upon keeping the feasts. I get that. Um, and yet the training, the teaching, the value of fellowship is all there. So we kind of weigh it out. And uh, as of this moment right now, I, I know that we're going forward April 14th, April 21st, seven days of feasting. Pastor Kevin Honeycutt's going to join us from Tennessee and a number of pastors from within uh, New Wine Ministries and in the northwest region of Arkansas will be joining us as well. Just anybody that's got a revelation of the intrinsic value of the Feast of, Tab uh, the Feast of Passover, um, unleavened bread, and gosh, you got to love unleavened bread. It's getting the leaven out of your life. That's where in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul said, let us therefore keep the feast, not with the leaven of malice and hypocrisy, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity. And so this is, a, again, intrinsic value, internalized, has nothing to do with you're saved only if you keep the feast. We're not into that thinking, but the reasons why we celebrate, I found out that the Feast of Tabernacles will go on forever. Even during the millennial reign, the Feast of Tabernacles will be celebrated year to year. 
absolutely amazing. So that's in Zechariah chapter 14. So we get into all of that. And um, I think we're getting close right now. I'm looking. I see uh, Pastor Denny Sossaman is with us this morning. Good morning, Denny and Sally. Uh, come on, loud and clear. Praise the Lord. All right. I'm waiting for Sister Shirley to come in. Shirley and Mike, all the way from Texas. Today is Shirley's birthday. I want to make sure that she is greeted properly this morning. Now, as we're getting ready to move forward, again, I'm going to say just to those that are just tuning in, we have a video that's going to set the path of what I want to talk with you about this morning on this Friday to shift your thinking, to shift your thinking through the Word of God into something a little bit higher than just nuclear bombs going off, World War III, famine, all the things that we realize the Word of God has told us is going to hit this earth, right? I mean, these are very serious things. You're talking about pandemics. You're talking about the release of chemical, biological, nuclear weapons. You're talking about uh, food shortages, collapse of finances. I mean, the whole system of every part of the fabric of society today is going to collapse. And out of the ashes, we know that a new world order is going to come with a brand new system. We get that, right? But what I'm going to talk with you about today transcends that. And I believe gives tremendous hope to those who are seeking to know the truth. So are you ready? I'm still waiting for Shirley, but I guess we're going to have to move along right now and get involved in the video that I want to share with you today, okay? And the only thing I could say is please like this channel, whatever that means, push a button, whatever that means. You know what it means? I don't actually, so you do that. <clears throat> I need to find out what it means. But like, like the channel, hit the button, and share the video with as many people as you can. And I guess that's going to help get the word out. So to those of you that are here this morning, without further ado, I want to share a video And this was called The Missing Years from the Jewish Calendar, What Time Is It? Now, in order to do this, I need to share my screen. So I'm going to go here, and I'm going to share my screen. I'm going to share my screen. I am going to go to the Microsoft, and I am going to share my screen. I'm going to share it. Now, you should see the video loud and clear. I'm going to enlarge it here in just a little bit. This, you got to catch it from the beginning. And then I'll get into some explanation afterwards. It's probably, what, seven seven minutes if even that. I'll get the timing on it. So grasp this. This is the early bird catches the worm video. And I'm going to start it right now. Here we go. Listen carefully. Do we really know what time it is? A true report. As if from a time capsule, a yellowed old newspaper clipping fell out of one of my scripture study books. It was a letter from 1995 to the editor of the Jerusalem Post regarding the Jewish calendar. I will take this as timely and possibly important to know. Jerusalem Post, July 3rd, 1995. Sir, while the debate over the correct year for Jerusalem 3000 continues, they would make a comment about the calendar year itself. We are not claiming infallibility for Pope Gregory's system. It is highly probable that his ghostwriter, Dionysius Exegius, was good four years astray. But our current year's date of 5755, remember, is written 
This is only some 24 years experience with Usher's figure and may well be explained by taking part units as whole years for the range of teens. This is a common factor in figuring dates, whether to take part years or whole years for the range of teens. The question is, do we really know what time it is? Jeremiah 8, 7, 10 reads, Yea, the stork in the heaven knoweth her appointed time. That's a key word there. Hebrew 41:50. the word moed, same one as in Genesis 1:14, and worth the study. And the turtle and the swallow and the crane observe the time of their coming. But my people know not the ordinance of the Lord. How do you say, we are wise, and the law of the Lord is with us. Lo, certainly in vain have wrought the vain pen of the scribes. The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord, and what wisdom is in them? Therefore will I give their wives unto others, and their fields to them that shall possess them. For from the least even unto the greatest, everyone is greedy for gain. From the prophet even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. But the bigger question is from Proverbs 30, verse 4. Who hath ascended up into heaven or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? It might be later than we think. Keep looking up, for our redemption draws nigh. Links and references here. The signs yeah. of the times are telling. If you ready in time, repent, seek salvation while he may be found. Believe and obey the only begotten Son of Yahweh. His name is Yeshua. That's the Hebrew for salvation. He is faithful to forgive you so that you may have life and life more abundantly. Come visit us at myfeastorfamine.com. Shalom. All right. So sorry about the reverberation. I don't know why there was reverberation in there. Um, some of you may have been starting from the beginning looking at the scripture verse, which they said was Exodus 2, 40 and 41. It was actually Exodus 12. And in the article, they actually make that point right down here uh, where it talks about a correction. Uh, scripture reference should be Exodus 12, 41. I hope that didn't throw anybody off. Uh, point being is that we are living in a time frame that God's word talks about. And when this came out, 5777, and you add the 240 or the 220 years <clears throat> that were missing because of the misunderstanding of what was being said, which is accurate, uh, you came up with the year 5997 in the year 2017. So 2017 was 5777, which was actually with the 220 years, 5997. And so the year 2020 would be what? The year 2020 was the year 6,000, according to that. Now, I don't believe anybody has a perfect calendar time frame. But what we know is that we're in the ballpark. I mean, there are certain things that have come out with the calendars. We used to study this a lot. 
that we are in the year 6,000, which means once you get into the year <clears throat> 6,000, you have a completed time frame. We have the end of 6,000 years, not the beginning of a sixth day, but the end of a sixth day. And we begin a new millennium, 6,000 years complete, and a brand new millennium begin. And that is significant if we look at the Bible in simplicity. And again, I want to shift your consciousness. This may be a little bit unusual for some people, but let's read out of the book of Second Peter. Second Peter, let me uh, stop sharing my screen, by the way. Vincent, just so stop doing that. Or maybe we'll come back to it. Who knows? Maybe we'll come back to it for people that weren't able to hear it. We'll have no reverb either. So I'll just keep that right there. Uh, let's go to Second Peter chapter t uh, 3. And I want to pick this up in verse 1 because this chapter is actually a reference to the times we're living in. And whether Peter was aware of that or not by the Spirit, the Spirit of God certainly does know. And so let's read 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. All right, so obviously the way Peter is writing this is that uh, the saints that he's writing to <clears throat> once knew this, they once heard it, but he wants to stir up their pure minds by way of remembrance. He wants to remind them of something. And what is he saying? He says in verse 2, that you may be mindful, fill your mind with this understanding, okay? That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles, of the Lord and Savior. All right, so what's he saying here? Let your mind be full. Bring back to your mind the words that had been spoken by the prophets of old, by the commandment of the apostles. In verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days. That's why we're saying this is having reference to where we are today. That this know that there will come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. Okay, so that simply means people doing what they want to do, their own desires. And they're going to scoff. Why, what is a scoffer? There's going to be scoffers. There's scoffers all along, right? Well, in the last days, there's going to be a lot more scoffers. And the word scoffer there, you probably already know what it means. It is the emp. Ahictes, empties, okay? And that word simply means a derider, uh, a false teacher, a mocker, okay? And so we have the word scoffer. So a lot of false teachers are going to actually scoff and mock at the truth. They're going to scoff and mock at the truth, all right? And they're walking after their own desires. The word lust there, just for context, is the epithumia, and the epithumia literally means a longing, especially for what is forbidden or a desire, okay? So people are going to be going after certain things. Now he goes on in verse 4. Here's what the scoffers who are walking after their own desires 
are going to say. Where is the promise of his coming? So these people actually have an awareness about the coming of Jesus. They've heard the message somehow. Uh, They've either believed it before, they knew it, who knows. But they're saying, these scoffers, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers, ah, okay, the fathers can make either them the children or they're just making reference to the fathers of the children, either or. He says, since the fathers fell asleep or died, all things continue even or as they were from the beginning of the creation. All right, so they they believe in creation, but they're saying that everything since the beginning of creation is the same as it's always been. Why are you people saying the Lord is coming? The Lord is coming. The things that you're saying that would make people believe the Lord is coming, those things have been happening since the beginning of time, since the beginning of creation. Verse 5, Peter says, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, here's something that, He's saying these false teachers who mock and deride the truth, suggesting that everything's always the same, they're willingly ignorant. In other words, they're being ignorant on purpose, okay? It's not because they're just, I don't get it, so they don't want to know it, okay? So they're willingly ignorant that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, okay? So by God's word, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And the earth standing out of the water and in the water, which is sometimes hard to be understood, but the earth was out, you know, was made out of the vapors and the watery, you know, celestial things of God in in the beginning of creation. And he said that in verse six, whereby the world that then was, or the earth that came out of water, what? It was overflowed with water and it perished. So in other words, the world at one time, he's referencing the days of Noah. This is the reference of the Holy Spirit through Peter saying that these mockers and deriders who are now saying that, and the false teachers that uh, are believing lies, they're saying that everything's always existed. But they just left out one kind of important note. They kind of left out the fact that the world that was created by God and all the evil that was on it in the days of Noah, that God actually brought a flood and wiped it out. They just forgot that willingly forgot that so peter's telling the believers don't you willingly forget what god did to this earth before now we know in the days of noah afterwards god promised he would never flood the earth again so peter goes on in his reminding the people in verse 7 but the heavens and the earth which are now now he may have been referring to 70 AD, he may have been referring at least in part to 70 AD, but the world that existed after the flood and the evil that came upon the earth after the flood, the reason why God flooded the earth in the, in the first place was because of all the evil, the wickedness, okay? Now, 
70 AD may have been a partial fulfillment, but surely the world that we live in today, right now, in the year that we live in, all right, we call it in our Gregorian calendar 2022, surely the wickedness and the depravity of the times that we are living in are far advanced to anything that has ever existed on the face of the earth since after the flood. So when God wiped out the world with a flood, it was because of the evil. And now you fast advance to where we are today, even beyond 70 AD, because of modern day technology and because of demonic activity and Satanism all over the world and the great falling away and all the things that are going on in the world today. 70 AD doesn't even begin to compare with the vile wickedness that is spreading all over the earth through Hollywood and all these different mechanisms. And so what is he referencing now? He's referencing that the heavens and the earth, which are now, and I'm going to bring that into where we are right now, by the same word, the word of God, are kept in store. So he was saying back then, 2,000 years ago, the heaven and the earth right now are kept in store or being reserved, right? And that's what it says. They are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So Peter is referencing the heavens and the earth that existed at his time that were being kept and reserved unto the day of fire and the day of judgment, the day of judgment. So we have had 2,000 years, what we call the church age, and the church age has been an age of grace. It began in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the apostles and the disciples, and from that day forward, the gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached in all the world. The preaching of the resurrection of Jesus from death. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is the way of salvation. So nations around the world have heard the preaching of the gospel for 2,000 years. And in our generation, an acceleration of the preaching of the gospel has gone forth through technology through television, through radio, through the internet. So there has been a massive acceleration in these final moments of time for the gospel of Jesus Christ to have been preached to the ends of the earth. Our generation is actually witnessing that and participating in that, even as we are today preaching the gospel. However, with that reality comes the other side of this reality, that this heaven and the earth that now exists, like in the days of Noah, is reserved unto fire. And it's being reserved unto the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. So Peter had a revelation that a time would come in the history and the economy of God that the heavens and the earth that we're now living in is going to be destroyed by fire. It'll be known the day of judgment, okay, the righteous judgment of God. Well, in the days of Noah, that was a day of judgment, and God destroyed the earth with water, with a flood. 
and the world back then, the heavenly host of the demonic spirits and what was going on in the earth. Every man's heart was wicked, the imagination of every man's heart. And it was just a, a very evil time. So God wiped it out. He said he'd never flood it again. But God said, no, the next time it's going to be burned with fire. So we continue to read in Peter, and here we come to a mystery. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But beloved, so he's talking to the saints of God, be not ignorant. Don't you be willingly ignorant, trying to avoid the reality of where we are right now. He said, don't be ignorant of this one thing. Okay, because many people, the scoffers are scoffing and the mockers are mocking because so much time has gone by and where is the promise of his coming, right? So they are willingly ignorant of what God did at God's time and he's saying, don't you do that. Don't you be that way, but definitely don't be ignorant of this one thing. What? That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and... A thousand years as one day. All right, so one day with the Lord is as a thousand years. A thousand years is as one day. In other words, don't get caught up in the delay of what you think is a delay. You know, so much time has gone by, so let's rest on our laurels. Let's begin to beat the maidservants and the men's servants. Let's begin to drink and get drunken. Let us just, you know, know that God is tarrying for such a long time. So let's be ignorant. No, no, no. Don't be ignorant. A thousand years in God's economy is like one day. So 2,000 years of the church age where the gospel has been preached, the, the day of salvation has been opened. It's only been two days from God's perspective. Now, we're coming to the end of the age of grace. We're coming to the end of the age of the proclamation and the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that's gone all over the world. Today, now comes the rejection. Now comes the resistance. And any few souls that are about to be brought into the kingdom, they will be the last fragments of this day of salvation. Because just like in the days of Noah, the door will shut, and the preaching of the gospel will be heard no more. Noah, while he was building the ark, was preaching righteousness. He was a, a man of God, and he was preaching righteousness until the day he entered into the ark, and the door was shut. In these days where the heavens and the earth are about to be burnt on fire in the day of judgment, perdition of ungodly men, the gospel will cease to be preached. Okay, there's a time where the true gospel, the true gospel, <clears throat> I am convinced the false gospel will be preached throughout the entire Great Tribulation period. The false gospel of a false Christ, people that rejected the truth of God will be hearing a false gospel, will turn to it, so they're going to believe they're saved, but this false gospel will only be a deception to their own offensive offensive heart, their own rejection of Christ, their betrayal, their hatred. Because remember, in the last days, it said, Jesus said that the love of many will wax cold. They will hate one another, betray one another, and uh, many will be offended. But this group of offended haters and betrayers whose love is waxed cold, who were once Christians 
in the truest sense of the word, they have to believe for their conscience that they're saved. So the false gospel will be preached. They will believe it. Then they will come and say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I don't know you, workers of iniquity, because the work of iniquity is to betray, it is to let your love grow cold, it is to hate one another, and it is to be all the evil things that Jesus said would happen to men's hearts. You hearing me? Nice and clear, right? Well, we are in the time frame, I believe that God unveiled a mystery in the 1,000 years is as a day. So in other words, the scribes or the sages of old uh, believed that in Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth in six days, they refer to that as six millennial days. One day is as a thousand years. And so rather than a 24-hour day, they believed that the Six days of creation was God taking one day, a thousand years, and creating, okay? And they believed that the seventh day was God's Shabbat. It was God's Sabbath day, the day that God rested. So after six days of creation, God rested on the seventh day. After 6,000 years one day is as a thousand years of creation. God rested in the seventh millennium. So they believed this. They also believed, if you're going to write this down on your pen and paper, I'm going to throw a lot at you because it's a shift of thought. They also believed, the sages of old and the scribes of old, that when God told Noah that he was going to give man 120 years, and we can look at that here in Genesis chapter 6, uh, he says what? Let me just read it to you. 120 years. Praise God. So stay with me. Write it down. <clears throat> In the time of man. Let's see. I've got to find it because it's kind of, it's one of those things we're bringing back out into the open again. Um, and so he says, Father God, help me understand where it's at. I'm going to have to look it up. The 120 years. Uh, the time of man will be 120 years. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Okay, so what I'm going to do is just take, take a brief break in this, and let me put in 120 years, all right? So just want to be accurate, be accurate, be accurate. Let's go here, 120 years. 100, I think I could find it right here by just putting that in here, 100. So, and of course, that's not it. 120 years. Okay, we're on a flow here. There it is. It was right there in front of my eyeballs. So it's in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, and it says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days, man, shall be 120 years. All right. So, on the face of it, at the surface, that, that means that men are going to live to be 120 years old. Well, that doesn't really fit because after the flood, people were living to 900 years old. Methuselah, the oldest recorded living man, was 969. Uh, then they were up in the 800s, the 700s. And the 120 mark, you know, the thing 
you kind of go, well, where was that? What the sages believed is that what God was saying to mankind is I'm going to give him 120 jubilee cycles, 100 and, 120 jubilees. Now, what's interesting about the 120 jubilee cycle is that 120 jubilees, a jubilee is 50 years. So if you multiply 120 times 50, guess what you come up with? That's right. You come up with 6,000. So this, I'm going to give man, after the, fall, after the fall of man, I'm going to give him 6,000 years. Woo. So mankind is on a time frame of 6,000 years. At the end of 6,000 years, there's going to come a seventh millennial day, a seventh day. So let's put it together just for a moment. Taking the principle, just in 2 Peter 3, 8, there are others we're going to look into in just a moment. A thousand years is as a day, a day is as a thousand years. 6,000 years have now come, the year 2020. If we're going to be honest about the 220 years that we just showed in the video, the year 2020 would have been the 6,000th year, which would have been the beginning of, but again, we're using, we're looking at the Gregorian calendar. Ha! So we're two years into, according to the Gregorian calendar, the 6,000th, the end of 6,000 years and the beginning of the seventh. But we admit that nobody knows the exact time because calendars are flawed. What we did find in the Hebrew economy are the 220 missing years, which puts us at the year 6002. But because of the other little fragmental, you know, missings, you know, it's not perfect. All we know is we're in the ballpark. We're in the season. So 120 jubilees is 6,000 years. We're coming to the end of that time right now. Uh, we're in, the, in that period of time. The millennial reign is just ahead of us. The seventh day, the 1,000-year millennial reign that the Bible actually talks about is yet ahead of us. We're just in the ballpark. We're in a generational moment here. It's like our generation uh, encompasses all these things in it. Hold on. We're not done yet. Let's go on just a little bit further here. For those of you who did not see the video, I'm going to play it again in just a little bit. It's about the 220 missing years. And so today we're saying we're in the year 5782. And if you add 5782 and you put the 220 missing years, you are in the year 6002. But we give place to the possibility that even in that there are still fragments of time that were not perfect because of the change of the Gregorian and the Hebrew and the Babylonian and the calendars. There's this little fragment of time missing, but man, are we in the ballpark. There's no doubt about that. There's a mystery to be unveiled. Now, getting back to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So don't get lost in time. Don't just scoffing and mocking because of the delay. But also, let's discover the mystery. 
Verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. And what is that promise? He's coming. The promise is of his coming, okay? But is long-suffering to upward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So here we see the compassionate love of God, that he wants all men to be saved. He desires everybody to get it. Unfortunately, that's not going to be fulfilled because men have a choice, okay? But this seemingly delay of the coming of the Lord, now you and I understand it's only because he wants more people to come into salvation. He wants that. He desires that. And yet we come to a generational moment, like in the days of Noah, where men not only reject it, but they war against the knowledge of Christ. This is very critical in our thinking, right? So, in verse 10, even though that's God's desire, he says, but the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord's coming, will come as a thief in the night. In other words, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So now he's talking about the heaven and the earth that now are, are reserved unto fire in the day of judgment. So somewhere along the line, he's talking about the heavens passing away. He's talking about a great noise in the heavens, the elements melting with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. And you look at that phrase, burned up, and it simply means what? It's the katecheo, and it means to consume by fire, to burn down to the ground. Wow. To consume wholly. All right? So the day of fire is coming, and, he, and he's saying, don't be dismayed that it's taking so long. It's for the salvation of souls. That's the purpose. But then he said, in verse 11, seeing then that all these things on this earth shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? The word dissolved, just so we know, the luo literally means to loosen or to break up, to destroy, to dissolve, to melt, or to put off. Everything in creation as we see it today is going to perish. Truly it is in the fire of God. Then he said, we ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness. Verse 12 goes on to say, looking for, this is what you and I should be doing daily, looking for and hasting. Now that word hasting, this is what you and I should be doing, hasting, it's the spudo, and it literally means to make haste, to speed. It means to urge on. All right, to await eagerly, to hurry it up. You and I should be urging on and speeding up, eagerly awaiting, studying, staying in the word. What? We should be urging on, okay, the coming of the day of God. We should be speeding it up. We should be urge, urging it forward. We should be longing for it, not pushing it away, not holding it back, 
We should be hurrying it, speeding it. In other words, do everything that we need to do so that we can be in alignment with what he comes. But we should be hurrying the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire. So the heavens are going to be on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The elements, again, are the stoichion, and that word stoichion meaning, okay, something orderly in arrangement. So the world system, the orderly arrangement of the world system, okay, is going to be what? The elements are going to melt. They're going to melt. And that word melt is the tycho, and it means to be made liquid. They're going to be liquefied by fire. God is going to melt. God is going to dissolve. God is going to allow for the heavens to be on fire and every work on earth to be totally consumed and burned to the ground. Now, how is he going to do that? That's a really great great question, right? So we go back now and uh, verse uh, uh, 12 one more time, looking for, hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved. The elements shall melt with fervent heat, verse 13. Nevertheless, here's what you and I should be doing. We, you and I, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. So even though we're living on this earth right now, we know because of the gross sin The earth is shaking and convulsing and vomiting out the inhabitants thereof because of the shedding of innocent blood. All the wickedness and depravity on this earth today. We should know it's going to burn with fire. And God has set a time to do exactly that. But what we should be doing is being holy in our conduct. We should be walking in the fear of the Lord. We should be walking in holiness. We should be walking in godliness. And we should now be hurrying God's day on, not wanting to hang out on planet Earth. We're here to be light and salt until there isn't any opportunity anymore. And then we should be speeding along the day of the Lord. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, the Spirit and the Bride say. And with a hope that a new heaven and a new earth will appear that is full of righteousness. That day is revealed and. Revelation chapter 21, by the way. Now, verse 14, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. All right, so let's, con- let's condense this. In, in, in the economy of God, in the time frame that we're in right now, there was a mystery here in Second Peter about a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. There's also another verse in Psalm 90, verse 4. And it just says, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past and is a watch in the night. So a thousand years as a day. A thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday, okay? So a thousand years, and then 6,000 years of man, I'm going to give you 120 years or 120 jubilees, 6,000 years, 
and then the earth is going to be burned with fire. The elements are going to melt in the heavens on earth. God's people need to be found in a particular conduct, not flying away somewhere. They need to be walking in the fear of the Lord, godliness. They need to be walking with the Lord, hurrying the day of God. And now we know that there's going to be a tribulation period in between all of this. In other words, before the day of God hits this earth in the second Peter thought, there's going to be a great tribulation of the dragon system. Now, war is going to break out. We know that. But the day of God that's going to burn up the earth, you're going to find that in Revelation chapter 16, which takes place after the great tribulation period. If you want to just look at your Bible, okay? The, gener- the Revelation 16 begins the outpouring of the seven vials of the wrath of God, okay? Um, the wrath of God is the day of God with the heavens being on fire and the, the earth melting so that by the time you get to Revelation 21, then you have a new heaven and a new earth. Now, when God pours out his wrath in Revelation chapter 16, and we will not be here. The overcomers, the ecclesia, will have already been taken in the coming of the Lord Jesus. When he comes in the clouds, he sends his angels, he harvests the earth. The dead in Christ will have risen. Those alive and remaining will have been caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Jesus doesn't make landfall at that time, but we are gone immediately after the tribulation period. Now, we're not in the tribulation period yet. I don't believe that. Some people do. I believe we're in the beginning of sorrows, and we've been in the beginning of sorrows in our generation. I mean, we've been here for a while. I mean, the labor pains, you know, you, go, you have labor pains for nine months, and then suddenly you have a birthing. So whatever years we have been in the beginning of sorrows, I happen to believe it began on 9-11-2001. That's for another story. But there's no doubt in my mind that we are in the beginning of sorrows. Now, after the beginning of sorrows, there's going to come the great tribulation, the greatest tribulation that has ever hit the face of the earth in these end times. And then immediately after the great tribulation, there's going to be a resurrection of the dead and a catching away or a harpazo of the believer. And we're going to be with the Lord. And then God is going to pour out his wrath. This is the coming of the day of God, uh, the pouring out of his wrath, where all the heavens and the earth are going to be burned with fire. That is not to say that there won't be fiery heavens and fire on the earth before the tribulation period. In fact, the seven trumpets of God This earth is about to rock and roll. It's going to be shaken to its core even before the great tribulation. The day of God, Revelation 16, I believe 2 Peter chapter 3 will be fulfilled. The point is we're in the ballpark. I'm not going to say we're in the year 6002 or 5777 or 5782. I mean, these things are phenomenal in their thought. And we're all learning and growing and understanding. The bottom line is we are in the specific season of time where man's stay upon the earth is coming to an end. Man's rule and reign upon the earth is coming to an end. The time of the millennial kingdom. When Jesus Christ will return with his armies in Revelation 19, after the destruction of Babylon and Mystery Babylon, which is part of the wrath of God in Revelation 16, 17, and 18, 
In Revelation 19, the Lord returns after the destruction, after the burning, after the fire, and he brings his kingdom on this earth, and a restoration for a thousand years begins, a millennial reign. So where are we? We're, we're living at the time of the end of man's rule and reign, man's systems, but it's got to close out with the satanic beast kingdom, which is the great tribulation period, which is where we're walking into right now. We're not yet in the day of the coming of God when everything's on fire, okay? We're not there yet because in that day when Revelation 16 begins and God pours out his wrath, mystery Babylon are destroyed, Babylon is destroyed, Revelation 19, he takes the beast and the false prophet and casts them into the lake of fire, okay? Then the armies of God come. Then Satan is locked up in a prison for a thousand years. I guess in my third grade thinking, it's so simple, but we are in what is known right now at a very crucial time. You and I have to be doing everything that we know to do to walk in holiness to walk in peace, to be without spot, to have no blemish, no wrinkles, no fault, no blame. We should be holy in our conduct. We should be godly. We should be becoming. You and I should be becoming more and more like the firstborn son, Jesus Christ. That's what we should be doing right now while we're waiting for these things to come to pass. We should be concentrating on our spiritual, solical, physical preparation. We should be making sure above all things, even before food, water, preparations, we should be making sure that the conduct of our condition is right before God. Many people, because of the delay of time, are going to give in. They're going to give up. I said last night in a, in a Bible study that I suspect that many minds are about to go insane upon this earth. I suspect that many people are about to lose their minds. With all this modern-day satanic technology that's going to be used against the mind of man, I believe through the 5G towers, I believe through drugs, I believe through sorcery, witchcraft, pressure, philipsis, tribulation. I believe that man is a, many people in the human race are about to lose their minds. I believe that a demonic invasion is about to take over people's minds. I believe that people that are not being diligent about preparing in their spirit before God, walking in the spirit, walking in new creation reality, the fruit of the spirit, not, not walking in holiness, godliness, conducting ourselves wisely upon the earth. Many people that are failing to do that, their minds are going to be taken over. They are going to become insane, which means a demonic presence is going to take over their mind. It's going to drag them into places they wish they'd never be. When you lose your mind, you think about Alzheimer's. You think about Alzheimer's on steroids. When you see in our rehabilitation centers, people walking around screaming, you know, ah! they're screaming and crying and they're weird and they're talking to people that aren't there. Those are people that have lost their minds. And guess what? It's about to happen all over this planet. From every weapon possible, the, 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 what they've been putting in food, 
um, the, the baby parts that are being used and where baby parts are, where there is blood, there's spirit attached to that, demonic spirit in their foods. I mean, it's going to get really weird, folks. I know Christians right now that are doing everything can just to hold on to their minds. I mean, man, if you don't put that helmet of salvation on, if we don't do that, our minds are, uh, yeah, the enemy will come. I know we're born again. I know we're sealed. I know above, I know all that. It doesn't mean we're not in a battle and there's an enemy trying to take over and hack your brain. You see, we talk about people or, or accounts or uh, these whatevers are being hacked by people, well, the real hacking that is happening in today's environment is the demonic hacking of the soul of man. And inside the soul is the intellect, the thoughts, the memories, the ideas, the the manufacturing plant of imagination, the brain. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the Word of God tells us that the demonic invasion at the end of time, before the millennial reign begins, at the end of time, the invasion that the devil is going to bring against the church or everything called God or everything called Jesus is very real. You have got to guard your mind. I must guard my mind between the witchcraft, the spells, the vexations, the hexes, the curses, and then the blood sacrifices and the energizing of demonic presence and deception and lies and all the vibrational force fields peering in, just pressing to get into that brain to finally take it. Watch out. It's real. It's very real. And you and I are sitting here going, come quickly, Lord Jesus, help me to get through. And the church is going, get me out of here. I want a rapture. And God's saying, that's not the way it works. The way it works is you enduring to the end of this insanity and getting through. And if while you're going through, God allows you to be martyred, so be it. If God allows you to die, so be it. But to long for death is not the proper position of the ecclesia. Enduring to the end, going low, getting my mind right, thinking right, getting my mind filled with the word of God, eating and partaking of the meat of the word, drinking the milk, drinking the wine. Keep your mind. Because this is what the devil is going after, is your mind and your soul. He wants, you know, you know how I know he's going to be effective? Because Jesus said the love of many will wax cold. Well, who did that? That was the devil laboring in the heart of Christians, creating atmospheres for their love to grow cold. I know that this is going to happen because Jesus said many Christians that once walked in fellowship are going to betray one another. How does the devil do that? He hacks the soul. He hacks the heart. And he puts the offense in there. And that offense now becomes a trap and turns them against others. How do I know that he's going to succeed? Because he said they will hate one another. When the soul of a Christian is hacked, the devil plants 
hate, and they are now in a trap through a fence, and now they're turned to hate the people that they once loved. They were hacked. And I'm telling you, I'm warning you that this is true. You go to Revelation chapter 9 and see a furnace open and locust demons coming out, and they're there to torment men for five months who don't have the seal of God in their forehead, the mind of Christ. You've got to keep the mind of Christ. Don't let the things that we talk about, nuclear war, pandemics, food shortages, financial crises, breakdown of society, don't get so focused on those things. Just know it's going to happen and prepare accordingly, but keep your mind. Keep your mind. There are demons that are knocking at the door of the mind of Christians just trying to get in. They're boring. Remember in the beginning of creation, it said in the days of Noah, uh, what were they doing? They were uh, building a tower to heaven, the first Babylon. Let, Let us build us a city. Let us build us a tower. And what it really meant in the Hebrew, let us bore into heaven and dethrone God. You know, that that satanic Nimrod spirit was not a light thing. That thing was determined in rebellion to go in and bore into heaven and take God and throw him out. That's what the devils want to do to you. They want to bore into your soul and dispossess. God out of you. They want to destroy you. I'm telling you, this is what the devil's about in our generation. And he's got three and a half years of uncontested rivalry. And the only thing that the saints of God are going to do is either fall away and be taken over or going to endure to the end. And when you're talking about enduring spiritual warfare at this level, of satanic energy. You may have had some trials in your life where the devil came in and it was like really uncomfortable. Multiply that 10 billion times. Now, I don't want to be there. I want to be in a better place. I want to be in the wilderness with a woman. Uh, According to Revelation 12, I want to be the church of Philadelphia that is going to be kept from these things, the hour of temptation that's coming on this earth. I want to go into my chamber and shut the door until the indignation be overpassed. I want to be found in the refuge of God. I want to be found in Christ. I want to be hid in Christ in these days. I want to be hid in him. I want to be found in him. I want to be lost in him. I want him to hide me. I want to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. Satan is coming to sift you, Peter. But I have prayed that your faith will not fail. The devil is coming to sift and to hack. But I'm praying that your faith will not fail you. This is all happening around the time we're living in. Do you not sense it? Do you not believe it? Do you not hear it? Keep your mind. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. We are to be aware of what's going on, but don't set your mind on things of the earth. Set your mind, said Colossians chapter 3, on things above. Let me read it. 
That's what the Word of God says. This is a revelation for somebody today. This is what God is teaching us in the last days. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek the above things, but be aware of what's going on, right? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. So get your mind motivated. Get your mind thinking. Okay? Seek things above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. What affections? Our heart is the only thing that can be affected, right? So set your affection, set your heart affection on things above, spiritual things, where the true treasure is. The knowledge of Christ, the wisdom of God, the heavens, the angels, the spirit of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. If my heart is affected or has affections for the things of the earth, I'm constantly looking here. I want this, I want that, oh, I have all these affections for the things of the world. No, as a believer, and especially in the times we live in now, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead. Say it. I'm dead. You know why that's such a blessing? Because it takes us out of the snare, the possibility of falling into a snare. You are dead and your life, the real life, is hid with Christ in God. Your life, your eternal life, Life is hid with Christ in God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Make it so. Make it real. Come on. Whatever it takes, shake yourself from any affections of this world. I mean, care about people. Obviously, God allows us to care for the saints first, to the household of faith first. Care for all people, sure. But take care of the body of Christ. Take care of one another, right? And then he said, when you're hid in him, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. We read these words in the book of Philippians. In the book of Philippians, we read in chapter 4, Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think, think, think on these things. Think. Get your mind. Cover it in the blood of Jesus Christ. Put that blood on your mind. Cover it in the blood. Put on the armor of God. Put on the helmet of salvation. Think the thoughts of God. Think the thoughts of God. 
for the enemy would come to mock you and to scoff you because he hates you with a hatred you do not know anything about. I'm telling you the truth. And he is seeking all these years, just looking for an opening, just one little opening to get into your soul, to plant his cockatrice eggs, to hatch them in your soul, to rip you from the womb of Christ. I'm telling you this is true. And for those of you who think, well, I'm saved, once saved, always saved, once saved, always saved, oh, there is a rude awakening coming through that false doctrine. That thing that has set you into a state of nothing but complacency and compromise. The enemy of your soul is like a serpent trying to get in, trying to plant seeds, gossip. We've been hearing a lot about that in our church. The gossip, slander, accusation, double-mindedness, fear. Offense, worry, stress, cares of this life. Watch out. I tell you the truth. You are a target in these last days, as I am also a target of the devil. The one to whom Christ said, I must do battle with. Now greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And if I were ever to attempt to try to fight the devil in my own strength, I would lose terribly. But I am fighting him with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I am fighting with the knowledge of the word of God. I am going to overcome and triumph and be victorious and conquer because of what I know in this word. But I have felt the cruel breath of a hostile enemy. I have felt his breath at times in my journey. Maybe you have too. And that wicked breath of the devil, that wicked desire of his intense hatred to destroy my life and yours, I have felt it. I have felt it, and so have you. But you and I, we are going to win. And we must shake ourselves loose from the affections of this world, the desires of this life, the desires of giving up spiritual things for earthly things, giving up eternal things for temporary pleasure, like Esau, who sold his birthright for a pot of beans. I warn you today, this is not going to decrease. This warfare is going to increase, and that's what the tribulation period is all about. The final attempt of the devil to hack your soul, to bore into your soul, and to take God out of you. Now, if you say, well, that'll never happen. Devil can't do that. Nobody could pluck me out of the hands of God. That's when our lives are truly in him. One foot in, one foot out, compromise, double-mindedness, love the world, the things of the world, friendship the world, become the enemy of God. We could always leave. Nobody's forcing us to stay. 
And when the pressure is applied, that's the testing ground as to where our hearts truly are. Do I love God? Do I serve the Lord? Am I really his vessel? Am I purchased and redeemed by the blood of the lamb? Am I under his ownership? Has he brought me through many trials? Am I prepared to stand in this hour to show his glory of his workmanship in my life? Yes. I don't want to play with the, with the evil. I don't want to. I'm learning, 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 and so should you be learning, learning, learning. Touch not the unclean thing. It's so late in the hour, dear saints. I lie to you not, nor do I dramatize this moment. I told you about the third day. I told you about the seventh day in times past. And I'm telling you again today, in the economy of God's everything, we are so close to the final end. Will we be alive and remaining at the coming of the Lord? That's our hope. Our hope is to be alive and remaining. Remaining in love, remaining in the divine nature, remaining in hope, remaining in faith, remaining is spiritually intact when he returns. And at that moment, suddenly, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, and the shout of the archangel. The dead shall rise and we shall be caught up and changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. This is our hope. This is our desire. We believe we're candidates because of the time that we are in. If we had been here 100 years ago, this would not be so. If we were here 500 years ago, this would not be so. We would go the way of all man into death, unless you're one of those Enochian generation people who Enoch the seventh from Adam did not taste death are we not the seventh from Adam another mystery to talk about at another time the gladiators would take the field The Saxons and the Danes would march to the plains to battle throughout the history of man. War. The Romans would go to war with their enemies. Battle, fighting, war, bloodshed. Now we've come to the nuclear age. Now we've come to the generation that will witness war on levels beyond imagination and through war satanically inspired war millions and millions of people will lose their lives be in the right place at the right time doing the right thing with the right people don't go to that mall if God doesn't tell you to go to that mall Don't go to that World Trade Center on 9-11-2001 if God doesn't tell you to go to work that day. Don't go to church on that Sunday morning in Texas. Don't go to that 
movie theater. Don't go to that concert in Las Vegas. Don't show up at school in Parkland, Florida. Be careful where you go. Be careful where you go. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Watch. Be sober. Pray always. Pray in the Holy Ghost and stop worrying about what people think about you for doing it. You are in it, folks. You have come to the countdown of the final moments on this earth. And that's what we believe. And if you say to me, well, they believed that in the past, you just fulfill Bible prophecy as a scoffer and a mocker. We have arrived in the final countdown of man's final moments on this earth. And Satan shall be released out of the second heaven, and he shall come upon this earth. And he will draw all satanic dark energy. And the vibration on this earth will go low. Lower than it ever has, like Tohu and Bohu. So shall it come, for the scriptures have written it. And what you do at this moment, and what I do at this moment, depends on how we fare. We shall, you and I, and all the saints of God, we are being called to gather together in these final moments, to become an end-time army, to resist and to fight and to battle against all this darkness and deception, and to have the light of Christ within us. Stay lit like a wise virgin. Have your oil in your lamp. These are the days. These are the days. What more could be said? What more needs to be said? Either you know it in your gut, in your spirit, or you don't. Wake up. Hear the midnight cry. Hear the trumpet sound beginning to vibrate. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, says the scriptures. There's a satanic energy that I don't think we understand, but we've known a little bit. We've felt it. It reaches and, and bores and it gnaws into your soul, waiting for that moment to give opportunity for access of demonic presence. And when this one comes, you'll never return. This one that causes insanity, this one that takes over the mind, you will never return to the Lord. And it would have been better for us to have never known the ways of righteousness than after we have known it to turn again to these things and allow the enemy to take us over. Scriptures tell us this. I tell you the truth. I don't know if this come out of my spirit today, out of my heart today. This is not religion. This is not a drama. This is what God is saying to those of you who have an ear. I tell you the truth. I don't know if you will ever hear this message again. I hope you do, but it may not come from this platform. For the day comes that Noah must enter into his ark and the door must be shut, which means there'll be no further communication. 
the line of communication will go dark. If you're hearing this message today, it's because God wanted you to hear it. God wanted you to hear what you are hearing today. Quicken your pace. Stay in God's grace. Walk in his love. Be led by the dove of the Holy Spirit. Be at peace among yourselves and let goodwill fill your heart. Walk as new creatures in the midst of a dead human race. Give light and salt to those in need and let your, your light so shine before men that they see your good deeds and do everything as unto the Lord. Everything as unto the Lord. Well, that's it for me. I guess we ran out of time. We're going to have to talk a little bit more. We'll be on the air tomorrow at, um, I think we're under New Wine Ministry TV and on Facebook at Omega Radio. We'll have our church service at 530 to meet with our, our friends, the saints, our dear family of God. We love our family. New Wine Ministries, we love you guys so much. You have no idea. Just to snuggle into your insulated love is absolutely amazing. And I can't wait to be there. So we'll be with our ecclesia this weekend. And Lord willing, we'll see you next Tuesday. Until then, God bless you. Consider the things you heard today. They were not a man's opinion. They were God's word. God bless. Shalom.